Hello and welcome back to the Off the Crossbar podcast with Regan and Brad. It is a bank holiday weekend, but we've had a thrilling weekend in the Premier League with Manchester City thumping Arsenal and Tottenham Hotspur being the only Premier League team to keep up a 100% record. I mean, that's nice at all, but the only reason you get bank holiday podcast is because we do this as a hobby and we actually like doing it. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, I still would have made you do it even if it was... Page. I don't know how, you're not in the same house as me. <laughs> so, doesn't matter, I'll figure out a way. Anyway, back to the football. Sounds weird. <laughs> Saturday afternoon, Manchester City playing Arsenal at the Etihad. Well, I mean, I don't think they played Arsenal because that was dreadful from Mikel Arteta's side. They were playing someone, even if that someone was just letting them do everything. Oh, yeah. This, this at this point now, it's just like kicking a blind man down when he's already hurt. Yeah, it's just it was abysmal defending from minute one to minute ninety from Arsenal. Like I've never seen a team get dominated so badly as Arsenal did. Like we know in the past, Pep Guardiola's side have dominated games, but they just didn't allow Arsenal anything in this game at all. No, it was like they were playing Burnley or someone like that, mm. which is something we're not ever going to get used to seeing with Arsenal. Yeah. But as well, it just proved that, yeah, Man City just dominate at this point. Mm. I mean, the first goal, like, no one picks up Ilko Gundogan and then you're looking at uh, Burnt Leno, he seems to start to come for the cross but then he backpedals and you're just like, Make up your mind, either come for it properly or stay in your line. Don't be in one of two minds. I find it interesting the first person you name is Bird Leonard, <laughs> and that whole defence just seemed out of place. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, throughout the rest of the goals, there was just no marking by any of the defenders. No, it was literally the basic. It, it seemed to be mainly Callum Chambers. Yeah. Like, he really struggled, which. It's surprising considering he's been quite regular in this Arsenal squad recently. Which is always a baffling one and in itself because the times I've loaned him out, he just about gets games for wherever he's loaned out to. Don't recall him being a regular for Fulham. No, I mean, yes, Pablo Murray struggled last week against Lukaku, but why not start him in this game? Because, I mean... They came with a back five of Kieran Tierney, Saeed Kolasinac, Rob Holding, Callum Chambers and Cedric Suarez. But it was like, it, that just doesn't seem right on paper to be trying to compete against this Man City attack. Even worse when you realise that Saeed Kolasinac was, before this week, he hadn't played for, what was it, eight, nine months? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so it's all like that in against Man City. Exactly, like you give him a full run out uh, last midweek against West Brom, and then maybe give him like twenty minutes, half an hour at the weekend against Man City. You don't throw him straight into the deep end against that Pep Guardiola attack at all, do you? Right, no, obviously you don't. But Arsenal's options are slightly limited if we're looking at it from that standpoint. They've got a lot of injuries and illnesses. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been the best of uh, starts to season, like you say, through injury and COVID for Arteta's side. 
But I mean, the rest of the game. Let's forget about uh, like injuries and that for Arsenal. They just offered nothing. Like it was realistically just another training session for Man City. Like an eleven and eleven, they were facing their under twenty threes and. They were building up how can we get past this defence, Pep Guardiola like trying out new tactics and it just it was so easy for them. And then obviously Granite Xhaka doing what Granite Xhaka does, getting himself sent off. I mean just I've always said it since he was at Munchen Gladbach. That man can't tackle at all. It wasn't. It was unfair in Torres, wasn't it? If I remember correctly, and he was only round about the halfway line, or just a little further into the Arsenal half, and there was just no need for him to make that challenge whatsoever. No, like that's a man who I don't even want to say lost his head in the moment because he's gone for the tackle that we're so used yeah. to seeing him go for. It's just like, but yeah, you know, you're off the ground. Get the ball or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're a trouble. Going in two-footed like that, you, you're always going to get sent off. Even if you do get the ball. Because, like you said, both feet were off the ground. And you're endangering an opponent. And then, after that, although he's not, obviously, the most experienced player, although he actually might be in that squad, the leadership then is, yeah. is just gone out of this Arsenal squad and they had nothing left for their remaining 10 minutes of the first half and then the second half at all he was just completely lost for him yeah one of the one of the more funny things of the whole game was just any time they cut to Aubameyang and his face was just well, yeah. so distraught <laughs> it, you could literally just make easy memes of, of wow that guy just can't yeah. believe he's still here <laughs> um, well, we'll finish off on this note it was a fantastic win for Guardiola's side all five goals were easy for them and um, this is Arsenal's worst start to this season in over 50 years I think I remember them saying on match of the day uh, so heading into the international break it's the yeah first I can't remember the year but it's the first time they've lost three in a row so like 54 yeah, 55 they said. Like so yet to score in the league conceded nine no points in their opening the three games hmm. not good reciting can't get much worse really can it well I mean it can if you're an Arsenal fan it can but we'll probably yeah probably could but yes. we'll get to uh, that the other big game that took place on Saturday came from Anfield in the evening as Liverpool welcomed Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea to Merseyside now this game had it all that is I mean Corey Havertz scoring the first goal after 22 minutes Great header from him. Um, not too much I can really complain about Liverpool's defence for that one, but uh, it was brilliant to see Havertz score a header. And then as we got to half-time, everything and everything just ensued in what probably is the craziest 90 seconds we've seen in a long time. Mm. So obviously Liverpool get a corner. Ball's whipped in. It's bouncing around the six-yard box. I can't remember who takes the initial shot. I think it may be Diogo Jota. Hits off uh, Rhys James's leg, then bounces up onto his arm. Nothing is initially given, and then it goes to VAR, and they're saying it's a handball. 
and Reese James is then sent off for it. But like um, I think it was Alan Shearer said on Match of the Day, why is the referee only seen a still of that image rather than the whole video? Because he would have seen it hit off James's arm, uh, thigh and then up onto his arm. Yes, it's still a handball and correctly a penalty, but he's not meant to have done that at all. Like He's just trying to block the ball. It's nothing he can do about it. So, while I will summarise this, you mean to tell me this is VAR controversy? Yes. No, well, I'm bringing uh, in the VAR alarm from this season because I'm sick of talking yeah, about this. I mean, it has a... It's, and he said, anyway, it's the stuff that's going on for everybody because, well, this wasn't a VAR problem. This was clearly a referee problem. Yeah. I as partially exhausted, but I need at least a couple of looks at things to get it yeah, in my sight. How does he look at a screen? Five seconds, yeah. Five seconds was it a max? And this was. I made exactly. my decision. Even <laughs> let like the, the they just pulled up the still of that image, not even seen the whole flow of passage yet. For a penalty incident, he'll see. The, a whole flow of penalty, um, like a foul, not a handball. He'll see the whole flow of passage. Yet there, they just gave him this still, and that's what Shearer and Mika Richards were ranting about on match of the day afterwards, which is 100% right. Yes, he may still have been given as a penalty, and I don't think, well, Chelsea fans will argue about it, like what's he meant to do in that position, but I think, like the new letter of the law says, if you're stopping a goal, it's going to be given as a penalty, and I can understand that from that side of the law. But do I think it's a red card? I think that's extremely harsh on Reese James for it to be giving us a red, considering, like he said, he's not going to know yeah, much about I, that. It's just bubbled up onto him. So I completely agree in that situation. I think, yeah, it's a penalty, because yeah. if he's not there, it's in. But is it a deliberate handball? Mm. Yeah, no, if it hits off any not. other part of your body and then goes into your arm, there's nothing you can do about that. But if it was like, um, just for instance, the Luis Suarez one against Ghana in the World Cup in 2010, where he deliberately... Yeah, that, where that he deliberately goes to... <laughs> We're all Ghana that <laughs> where way. Where he goes out to punch it like that, then you can say, yeah, he, that's a deliberate handball and deserves to be sent off. But like, it's, I don't even think Reese James's arms were in an unnatural position. They were still close to his body, weren't they? So I'd... Uh, if he's going near, you can't have your arm like out, basically. You have got a stein. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Um, and then Rudiger gets booked for descent. Salah takes a penalty and scores it. And then Mendy gets booked for blasting the ball at Jordan Henderson. Though I think that's stupid because Henderson just got in Mendy's way there. I feel like Henderson should have been booked for that rather than Mendy because Mendy's just booting the ball away to get it back down to the halfway line. And Henderson's just stopped him from doing it. Hmm. It's weird. We already had incidents like that this weekend yeah. as well. Um, games. Second half, though, Liverpool came out all attacking, obviously, with the man advantage. But well done to Thomas Tuchel side for sticking resilient and keeping it level at 1-1. Hmm. They still prove yeah. themselves to me. That they will be there oh, in the long run. And Maybe more so yeah, than Liverpool. Like, I think... That game really proved to me why Chelsea are 
realistically going to be Manchester City's closest total competitors rather than Liverpool this season. You wouldn't have put another team in there. (laughs) (laughs) Not after this weekend. Oh, really? Yes. Um, Elsewhere, Sunday had a lot of uh, games going on. Um, Man United travelled down to the Molineux to play Wolverhampton Wanderers in what I'm classing as Portugal versus Manchester United because <laughs> there's so many Portuguese players. Are you sure? I, I could have saw I saw more Portugal flags in the United end. <laughs> I mean, that one's obviously because obviously they stole them from outside. Yes. Um, on Friday, Manchester United agreed that uh, announced that they had agreed a deal with Juventus to sign Cristiano Ronaldo, which you can see our video on uh, YouTube uh, as our quick reaction to that deal. Or my quick reaction. I did wonder why there was a. I did wonder why there was a. a except of our podcast, last podcast that got deleted. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I will say it to you now. When it was announced that United were close to doing it, and like City had pulled out, I was like, ah, oh, that's good. But then the rest of Friday, I was. Like, you didn't. So you didn't call him Judas at any point. No, nah, I didn't. <laughs> But I, you didn't sit on here and say I'm Team Messi all day long. Yeah, I still prefer Messi. Don't get me wrong, but I I was like a little kid on Christmas Day. I was buzzing when it was like officially announced that United had signed him, just to have him back in the Premier League and in United colours. Oh, it just it. I was so giddy about it, and I can't wait to see him in action uh, after this international break. But on but now to the, the to the game itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jesus, were we awful in that first half? Oh, Wolves were worryingly decent. <laughs> I mean, the... this is probably one of the best games I've seen a Darmatore already in a while. Apart from in the final third, where he was useless as usual. Oh, don't worry, I was going to get to that. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that stopped Wolves from winning this game was having a striker that could score goals. No, whoa, disrespect to Raul Jimenez. I mean, he's still coming back from a fractured school, so I'm not classing, like, I'm not expecting him to do much in these opening weeks of the season. But, yeah, some of the final third product from Wolves was just really bad. I mean, you say Adama Traore had a standout game. He did, like, he was absolutely bullying Wamba Saka and Fred uh, to the cows come home, but his product in the final third was just what we've come accustomed to with uh, Adama Traore realistically all good skills and strength to get past players but delivery into the box or having a shot is just wasteful this man would be an absolute elite level footballer if he just knew how to score (laughs) yes or even create for that matter because he got through so many times but then just didn't get the right ball off to anyone else yeah less worrying about his baby all on his arm and legs more worry about shooting Oh, no, you should still be worried about the baby ball because it works clearly. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> just battering defenders off. Clearly. Like Luke Shaw couldn't deal with him. Yeah, I mean, left, right, and centre, whichever side he was switching on to in that first half, both United fullbacks struggled immensely in that first half. They just stood there. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, not a lot really happened in that first half in United in attacking sense at all uh, and I think they were lucky to go into this uh, 0-0 at the break though in the second half they seemed to wake up a bit more but the, the only sort of attack I saw for Man United was Bruno Fernandes you know, dealing with his emotions again 
Yeah, I think he was right there. Until he realised he came up against Mike Dean. <laughs> I think Mike Dean was given a lot of fouls that weren't fouls for both sides, realistically. You found out in this game what I found out the very first week in where we played Watford. This about he has no idea about the letting the game flow roll that's now coming. He's still giving fouls as usual. Yeah, and there were, a lot of them were really soft fouls, and you like just mm. let the game ebb and flow a bit better. Um, and obviously, when Man United he, he did that in the second half, though, didn't he? <laughs> well, the, that's the thing, though, with this goal that Mason Greenwood scored ten minutes from time. Lovely assist from Rafa Varane on his first start. Um, it's a sublime, sublime finish from. Oh, was very... was average in this. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was average, but he did his job. Kept a clean sheet. Got the. You can't get used to the league, innit? Got uh, the match-winning assist, so um, it's another good uh, first start for him. Um, but yeah, on the Greenwood goal, there was obviously Wolves players angered that Paul Pogba seemed to go late into Ruben Neves, but Mike Dean was on top of the incident and saw nothing wrong with it and obviously VAR didn't think he made a clear and obvious error so I think even Carragher said it in commentary because Nevers took so long to go down the ref isn't going to give it like he took like an extra 10-20 seconds after the incident yeah it was one of them you've both gone for the ball and you've hit the same time we've all done it yeah they're not fouls no they've never been considered fouls ever yeah okay the replay looks like he barely touches him I don't think he actually touches him that's what I thought at first, but I feel like he must have. Because he's there with his sock off and everything. It's like, look, I've been thrashed. Yeah. He's acting like he'd been shot. Like, look, you can see my wound here. Obviously, he gets booked for his. I would have liked to have seen the wound myself. <laughs> How all the cameras in the standing, they couldn't like, get on Ruben Levis's leg. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, but uh, pretty much the overwhelming majority didn't think that it was a foul. Yeah. Um, but that although of course who was in the minority <laughs> of course the Scottish twat himself Graham fucking Souness honestly get that man off punditry for fuck's sake it was a bit embarrassing it, what has he got against him I don't know I just found it more surprising that it was from Souness really given you know how fair and balanced he usually is <laughs> I didn't realise it was April Fool's with that joke, Brad. <laughs> well, you couldn't detect the sarcasm from when I said it. No. <laughs> this is the man who said did the Aston Villa 7-2 whenever Liverpool... Oh, they came here and they made the grass too long. Thanks <laughs> to God. He's get Like, it's... It's beyond embarrassing now, though, isn't it? He has to find a reason to just be the devil's advocate. Yeah. He can't just say... United, like Roy Keane, United were poor in the first half. They looked like really sluggish, but they ground up the result. And uh, Solskjaer side got the three points. Let's move on. Why does he have to nitpick every little incident? No, apart from the Wolves fans and the players, no one else in that ground or VAR or punditry thought that was a foul from Pogba. If the referee was like maybe 10 yards out or a player was obstructing his view then you could say okay maybe from his advantage point it might be seen as a foul but no one was in Mike Dean's way he was two to three yards away from the incident move on from it yeah pretty much 
they had no excuse. <laughs> yeah, and that result means Manchester United have set a new league uh, record of 28 games unbeaten. Their last defeat away from home came on the 19th of February 2020 when they lost to Liverpool, which is an incredible feat. 28 games unbeaten now for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's side as he capped off his 100th game in charge. Uh, Premier League game, that is. That's the funny thing about this stat. Mm-hmm. Because it just means they've li- well they they haven't lost a single away game in COVID era, <laughs> which is crazy. With no home fans in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly didn't. not really answer anything, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, can't complain. Got the three points in the end. We'll move on. And speaking of moving on, Tottenham Hotspur. The only team in the Premier League with a 100% win record to start the season. I mean, it is three 1-0 victories, but still. And we're only three games in. Yeah, can't complain. Human son with a lovely goal. Yeah. And you thought I was talking about United when I was on about the total challenges. It's clearly Spurs. <laughs> Shut up. Spurs, we all know what Spurs will do. Kept Harry Kane. <laughs> I mean, that's not that wasn't going to be hard to do considering how hard it is to negotiate with Daniel Levy. Let's be realistic there. Yeah, well, we already discussed that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not a lot really happened in that game. Um I mean, Sp- I didn't watch it. Oh, I watched <laughs> it. Spurs dominated it, as you would expect. I watched the old firm instead. Oh, jeez, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> it wasn't the most entertaining. No, to be fair, neither, really, but... neither was this one. I mean, like I said, Spurs dominated it, and the only real clear-cut chance was from the free kick that um, Sun took, and Backman comes for it thinking one of the Spurs players is going to get ahead onto it but no one attacked it and it just like bounced and went past him and uh, that was the only bit of action that Nuno Espirito Santo's side needed to get the result um, apart from that second half was dull I think not a lot really happened yeah. should we go for some of the other results as well just to Yes, uh, so the other early game on Sunday saw Burnley and Leeds play out a 1-1 draw. Uh, Patrick Bamford scoring for Leeds and Chris Wood scoring for Burnley. So, I mean, Bamford's goal was really, look at the draw, it was literally like you're playing um, on one of them pinball machines, how the ball just bounced around and then into him. You won't get that in England. <laughs> yes. Uh, elsewhere on Saturday, Aston Villa and Brentford played out a 1-1 draw. Everton beat Brighton and Hove Albion 2-0. Newcastle and Southampton drew 2-2. Leicester beat Norwich 2-1. West Ham and Crystal Palace also played out a 2-2 draw. So, the top four heading into this international break is Tottenham, West Ham, Man United and Chelsea. And at the bottom, Wolves, Norwich and Arsenal. Rock bottom. Yeah. Weird times, isn't it? Yes. Right. Over yeah, in Europe, Europe now. And last night saw Lionel Messi make his debut for PSG, although it was coming off the bench for the last 24 minutes as PSG beat Real 2 0. I like, I like Potch, but why did you take Neymar off? <laughs> you robbed us of, them, of the, the partnership. Yes. Um, We're not going to get it now. <laughs> no, we will do. We'll get it after the international break. Mbappe's not going to leave in these next 48 hours or so. You've put your balls on the table with that one. <laughs> yeah, they, they won't allow it to happen, considering how late it is in the window, and they won't be able to get a replacement in. 
Do they need a replacement? <laughs> well, not necessarily, but you would think they would want one anyway. Um, Kylian Mbappe scored both the goals, and I saw a weird statistic this morning that in the 24 minutes that he was on the pitch, no player throughout the whole game was fouled more than Messi. <laughs> He's the Jack Grealish of Liege one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, comfortable win for Remarkable. PSG. There, there was so it, it was nice when he came on there. It's just everyone just looking like they're in awe of him. Oh my god! Mm. <laughs> <It's Leo. laughs> one player. The, I think it was the Rams fan just clapped and just looked Yeah, we've lost. It's, it's just enjoy Messi now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I found something hilarious after the game on social media. And the Herrera goes, "I've never been applauded so much in a substitution." Because obviously he came on at the same time as Messi. I was like, no, 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 and uh, it's not for you. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely brilliant. But yeah, it's perfect start to the season for uh, PSG, winning four yeah. games out of four. And you've seen the, the aftermath as well. No, you didn't see the aftermath where the, all the well, I think it was the Reims goalkeeper, but I think other players as well just grabbed their kids onto the pitch and got a photo with Messi. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame them to be fair. Arsenal's Ronaldo would never. Yes. Uh, where in Liege Like so, I don't see Watford players getting their kids. I don't see Ben Foster grabbing his kids to get on the pitch and get a pick with Ronaldo. No, he'll get it on the GoPro. Make sure it's in the vlog. Yeah. <laughs> like that's got to be his own. No, get Ronaldo in the GoPros. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere in Liege one this weekend, Lyon beat Nantes one nil. Nice beat Bordeaux 4-0 and Olympic Marseille beat Saint-Étienne 3-1 in the big games this weekend over in France. In uh, Spain this weekend, Atletico Madrid left it really late to earn a draw against Villarreal. Uh, and Isa Mandy own goal in the 95th minute made sure Diego Simeone's side avoided defeat. Uh, which is very lucky for them. Barcelona beat Hetafe 2-1 with Memphis Depay and Sergi Roberto scoring the two goals for them. So who needs Messi after all? And they're actually doing decent. <laughs> which is extremely weird. And yeah, it is. What? Reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Real Madrid... Memphis is on one. He's about to become the new Messi at that club. <laughs> Jesus. That's a bit of pressure. I took a second... I oh, said so last time I said I hated their cute font, mm. or the colour of their cute font is white. Didn't realise actually up close, it's actually that gold colour, like, you know that that dirty gold colour. Yeah, that they have on kits in the past. Mm -hmm. It's actually not that bad now. Yes, <laughs> and uh, Real Madrid beat Real Betis one 0 thanks to a goal from Danny Carvajal with Karen Benzema getting the assist. So looking at the table in Spain, you have Real Madrid top, Sevilla second. Valencia third and Barcelona fourth with Atletico in fifth. So the top six, so if you include Real Mallorca, all have seven points. And Real Madrid are only on top by having scored more goals than everyone else. It's a really close opening few games over in Spain. Over to Italy now and Inter Milan kept up their perfect start, beating Hellas Verona 3-1. Fiorentina beat Torino 2-1. Ace Milan beat Cagliari 4-1. Jose Mourinho's side kept up a good start for them, winning 4-0. But the big result, first game without Cristiano Ronaldo, Juventus lose 1-0 to Empoli. Oh dear. 
and see themselves in 12th place. Oh, God, they're going to be a relegation battle now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's only two games, so let's not read too much into it. And they are about to bring back Moise Keane as well. So. I mean, you really just put that on par with Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm not expecting him to have the same impact, but he did all right the first time round at Juve. Yeah, what he did have his confidence sucked out of him. Yes. Uh, so Lazio, Inter, Roma and AC Milan make up the top four over in uh, Italy. And finally, across to Germany and the Bundesliga, Friday night saw Borussia Dortmund beat Hoffenheim 3-2 with a last gasp winner from Erling Haaland, who's had an incredible start to the season for Borussia Dortmund this year. I mean, what just... has he done? Uh, in league he's scored three goals and two assists and I'm sure he's also been involved in uh, the DFB Pokal as well scoring three goals for him in one game no no, that's not good enough (laughs) it's average average by his standards yes um, though I do have to give credit to Jude Bellingham who put on an absolute masterclass getting an assist and a goal and he completely ran uh, that midfield for Borussia Dortmund Absolutely top form from them. Elsewhere, Bayern Munich beat Hertha Berlin 5-0 with Robert Lewandowski scoring a hat-trick, which he always does. And Wolfsburg beat RB Leipzig 1-0 with Jerome Rulisson scoring the early goal of the game. So Wolfsburg atop, having been the only side winning all three games so far. Leverkusen in second, Munich in third, Freiburg in fourth, and Borussia Dortmund in fifth. Right, um... It was Derby weekend in the MLS this week. And He's talking about America. <laughs> he definitely didn't disappoint except for the one game which we had in our predictions league, which we'll get to uh, in a bit. Um, the one game I want to talk about, LA Galaxy versus LAFC from uh, the Bank of California Stadium, had everything. And the first goal from... Brian Rodriguez which was uh, the second for LAFC you need to go and see a video of that goal if you haven't already because it was absolutely beautiful the way he just keeps the ball close to his feet absolutely breaks the defenders angles and slots it past Jonathan Bond in the goal and it was absolutely beautiful to see Jonathan Bond was the England 21 goalie yeah, former West Brom Watford goalkeeper. So why is everybody these guys just fall off? <laughs> yes. Oh, um, elsewhere, I mean, it was goals galore uh, between Austin FC and FC Dallas as Dallas won 5 3. Did you, say, did you say Dallas, like Dallas? No, I said Dallas, didn't I? I thought you said, for my view, he said Dallas. Uh, and. Uh, in the battle of New York versus New England, it was New York City winning 2-0. So, uh, we're nearing the midway point of the season with the Seattle Sounders and the New England Revolution top of their respective divisions. Right. I think it's time to have a look at our predictions league. Yeah, well, it's not going to be a long one. <laughs> no, I mean... Liverpool, Chelsea, you get the three points for having a perfect score. Every other game, apart from one, we've got wrong, which I got one point for predicting Rangers to beat Celtic. 
and every oh, other game it was we got. silly in that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean everything else we got dead wrong, which is one of the worst ones we've ever done in predictions league. I don't think we've even, ever had even, a bad week. Even Orlando, we got wrong. It was nil nil. Oh, for God's sake! Yeah, bloody, bloody Phil Neville on his boring football. Yeah, I mean, I I think. That, I can I can think of one week. I think it was earlier on this year, second half of last season, where we also had a bad weekend. How do you what? remember this? <laughs> I barely remember what happened last week. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, so I'm on seven points. You're on eight, but you get the extra point because you beat me on fantasy, so you're on nine points as we head into the international break. I am fantasy king. This season, so far. This is what's going to be my saving grace because, you know, I'm not like most people. I decide to get rid of Bruno Fernandes as captain because, you know, he keeps getting himself booked like a twat. Mm. He has to go to Mikel Antonio. That moment where I switched from Mo Salah to Bruno Fernandes on Saturday morning. Did you? Well, looking, just looking at my scores now, I've had a, a bit of a bad week and Antonio saved the hell out of my squad. Hmm. And I also now have three suspensions and injuries. I mean, I'm going to have to make a goalkeeper change next time because of Emmy Martinez travelling to Argentina. Yeah, Ezra oh, Conte we'll, is potentially we'll talk injured. More on, like, international stuff in the later next... on the week. Yeah, I have words on my own. <laughs> well, that is towards the end of the roundup. You said you had something to talk about, so what have you yeah, got for us? It's it's not a funny moment. It shouldn't be funny. But it just is. It just is in general because in the League One game this weekend, we're going. League One is in English League One or Liege One? English League One. English Sorry, League One. I'll say Liege One. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so at Wigan Athletic. I can't remember who they're playing. I'll just say the story Portsmouth. They're playing Portsmouth, that was it. So in a couple of Wigan Athletic Facebook groups, it had been put that someone called Keith. Had died, right? So yeah, more there was a lot of mourning and condolences for a well-known fan called Keith. Yep. Obviously, it all sounds yeah heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then the game comes, and they find out who Keith is. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered yeah. the story now you was talking about it, that's why. So, so yeah, Keith was actually someone's pet duck. And yes. they held a minute's applause before kick-off for Keith the duck. Yes. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not it's funny. Just, it's weird. Um, oh, I just want to wish I was in the crowd for it whenever I was laying on a minute. <laughs> mm. On a slightly more serious issue, I, I remember talking t- about this yesterday. Um, Livingston oh, played... Still ser- slightly more serious. A duck has died? Yeah, this is very more serious. So in a... They must have loved this duck. <laughs> in the Scottish Premiership game between Hibernian and Livingston, uh, a lot happened in this game. So Livingston striker Bruce Anderson suffered a diabetic fit on the pitch and two other players vomited... Uh, in the dressing room during their 2-0 loss 
to Hibernian. So on loan midfielder Ben Williamson was withdrawn by parent club Rangers shortly before kickoff because of post-COVID blood tests. Their manager David Martindale had to replace Anderson, Craig Sibold and Jack Fitzwater all within an hour. Uh, Martindale said we Brucey had been taken to hospital. Uh, he took a diabetic fit and briefly passed out on the pitch. Sorry, uh, I've got to stop. I've got to stop it. You, you, if you're going to say we Brucey, at least do the accent, Chris. No, <laughs> it just doesn't sound like. Just as well. I'll leave you to do the accents. Um, yes. Well, then <laughs> it says uh, they had revealed that Williamson had been withdrawn just before the game. Uh, by Rangers, then Anderson suffered a fit on the pitch just before half time, and goalkeeper Matt Stryek and centre half Jack Fitzwater took ill, while midfielder Craig Sibold, who had been a fitness doubt but replaced Williamson in the starting lineup, was forced off with an injury. I think it was a rib injury. So, yeah, that was a very strange game, and the fact that they were still made to play it despite two players throwing up and one having a diabetic fit on the pitch is very concerning. It's a very disturbing end <laughs> to this podcast. Yes. Uh, we should be with a dead dog now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back later on this week to talk all stuff international football and preview the return of the Women's Super League as it Ooh. starts this Friday as Manchester United host Reading uh, from Lee Sports Village. Yeah. Right. Make sure you like, comment and subscribe, download us and give us a five star rating wherever you are listening to us in the world. And until Friday, it is goodbye from Brad. See ya. And goodbye from me. And we'll see you soon 